Welcome to Life Matters, the podcast that is rallying the pro-life movement to fulfill its calling. My name is Ed Martin. I'm with the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. I'll be joined by my colleague, Jordan Henry, also the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we started Life Matters, this podcast, because so many of us are talking about what's coming in the next few months, what's coming in the next few years, what's just happening in America, especially around the life issues and the pro-life movement. And, you know, if you listen to that tagline and Jordan and I were talking off offline, uh, you know, rallying the pro-life movement to fulfill its calling, all of us have been called to defend life. And the question is, how can we fulfill that? And what do we see around us to make a difference? Sometimes people are involved in uh, campaigns, you know, uh, supporting good candidates. Sometimes people are involved in legislation. Sometimes people are involved through their churches in prayer. Always very powerful, too. There's lots of ways we're involved. But how do we fulfill our calling at this key moment in history. So uh, let me welcome first Jordan Henry. Jordan Henry is the research director at the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles and plays a uh, very influential role in this, uh, in Life Matters, a podcast, and also in some of our efforts. Welcome, Jordan. How are you? Hey, doing great, Ed. Glad to be on with you. Ed Martin is the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles and the Republican <laughs> National Coalition for Life. He holds there you go. degrees in medical ethics <laughs> and law, and he served as the chairman of the Missouri Republican Party from 2013 to 2015. Well, you're very nice to do include that. Thank you, Jordan. As we do this podcast, we'll get to uh, talk about each other in our lives, our families, what we're up to. And so I appreciate that. It is, um, you know, I remember uh, one moment, uh, Jordan, as we're preparing for this, where life matters for me, working in St. Louis, um, there was this uh, groundswell of support in 1999 when Pope John Paul II came to visit. And there was a moment in the uh, cathedral there in St. Louis, where a Jewish rabbi, one of the uh, Protestant, prominent Protestant ministers, um, and others gathered with uh, the Catholic Pope, obviously, to to highlight um, the issues and the, and the and working together for the the, the uh, for good causes. And one of the things that came out was a, a great phrase that the Pope, who I got to know over the years myself, and we'll talk about that some other time, um, he, used the, uh, he used the following phrase that, uh, if you want peace, work for justice. If you want justice, defend life. And he went on to talk about the issues that, you know, if you're living in a, a nation that is allowing and encouraging and having legal abortion, the tens of millions, it's very hard to to feel like you're going to be a really good arbiter of justice or anything else. It's a real problem. So Life Matters, this podcast, it's uh, great to be together. Jordan, you are a generation younger than me. That's probably being even generous. You're probably two generations younger. People often say younger people are more uh, attuned to the life issue. You think that's true? I do. I really, really do. I think that there is a groundswell right now of young people, especially, who are looking at pictures of ultrasounds, who are hearing personal stories of women who have been affected by abortion and people are just, they're waking up, especially young people. Another one of my responsibilities with Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, as you know, is uh, to work on the vetting process for our internship program. We have a great internship program offer summer, spring and fall internships. And I always ask young people who are wanting to get involved in politics, uh, who want to take on one of our internships, What's your number one issue? What's, what's your top issue? What do you care about most? And uh, I would probably say uh, at least two thirds of the time, maybe 75 percent of the time, you end up with someone saying that they care about life more than any other issue. And just yesterday I was talking to a legislator, a great legislator 
very pro-life, very solid on the issues. And he told me when I told him that we have a lot of people who claim to be pro-life, uh, who claim to uh, uh, be Republican, and they say they're pro-life, but they're, they're really not. They don't take the steps necessary to fulfill that calling of the pro-life movement. And he looked at me kind of incredulously, and, and he said, well, I mean, you have to be pro-life to be Republican. Pro-life, Second Amendment, pro-life, Second Amendment. Those are just kind of the basic things that you have to do in order to hold this party affiliation. And so people have this misconception that if you hold a certain party affiliation, that that means that you are pro-life or that you're doing enough. Right. And young people are, are confused by that too. Right. And so we're really trying to lay out what is pro-life and how do you be effective at doing that? Well, and, and Life Matters is the name of this podcast. And he's mentioned rallying the pro-life movement to fulfill its calling. I, you know, I've spent in the last couple of weeks, call. I've spent time calling around to other pro-life leaders. You know, I spent a long time with Father Frank Pavone on the phone. You know, he's a priest for life. Uh, somebody, Janet Porter, Janet Folger Porter, who's done some of the uh, great yeoman's work on on the uh, effort for the heartbeat bill and asking people where, where is the pro-life movement? Because you know, what's coming in next fall in June, the last days of June, almost certainly it'll be the last day of June, June 30th. I suspect we will get a decision from the U S Supreme court on the Dobbs case on abortion. And the, the Supreme court U S Supreme court is now pro-life. I don't know what that means until this decision comes, but likely there will be changes to the law. It's a Mississippi law, and it's about the, the uh, question of whether you can limit the abortion, uh, limit abortion back to something close to the heartbeat. And we're going to see. And what the pro-life movement has to be uh, ready to do is understand what happens, what happened with this decision, and understand what's possible, right? Because we're living in a culture now that wants to make us very comfortable with the status quo and the culture tells us the status quo is, you know, don't judge other people. Don't be too harsh. Uh, don't, you know, people should do what they want to do with their bodies, et cetera. And we've got a lot of work to do. So that's what life matters is about. That's what we're trying to do. And we know the experts in this movement are the grassroots leaders. The experts in the pro-life movement are the people that feel the issue and then figure out what to do. Some of them run organizations. Some of them are just uh, individuals that are finding ways to make an impact. And that's what we're trying to do. Uh, again, Jordan, you know, uh, mentioning young people, you said they sometimes are frustrated. They see the images, they look and they say, well, that looks like a life. Um, what, do you think people that really believe that life begins at conception that's worth protecting are, I, I can't believe they're not more frustrated by what's happening around us. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I think to an extent, we've kind of become accustomed to the fact that this is the way it is. You know, we make a little bit of progress one direction, right? and then the other side makes a little bit of progress that direction, and right. then that's just, that's the way it goes. You know, it's right. it's just another day in the pro-life movement when we really can make huge steps in the pro-life movement. That's possible. Our founder, Phyllis Schlafly, did that very thing. Yeah, but let me say something else about that. Put a point on it. You know, we, the one thing you have to do, and I, as we're doing this uh, program, Life Matters, uh, one of our great advisors who helps us with this, uh, Fred Zelanko, said, you got to be honest. If you're not honest, people smell it. They feel it. you got to be honest, right? And when you're sitting in front of the microphone, if we're honest, it's the Republicans that have let us down more frequently because they've said they're for life and not delivered. For example, 
the Speaker of the House was Paul Ryan for a period of time, a couple of years, and they didn't defund Planned Parenthood. They didn't make significant progress. Now, President Trump was in office too then, so I'm not saying the blame is only Paul Ryan's, but what is it worth if you spend your time to elect pro-life people to office, then they finally get power and they say, well, it's just not going to work right now. No, 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 no. Now is the time you've got to stand up. And we have to demand that because I think a lot of us, me included, others, you know, you get to the point, you say, well, we'll do the best you can. We'll do the best you can, except there's lives in the balance. I talked to, um, oh, a Hugh Brown. Uh, of the American Life League. And they, from their very beginning, have said, it's a baby. Don't negotiate against life. And they've been sort of, in a very positive way, it's a hard line. And they've said, we're not going to negotiate against lives. That's not who we are. And they've been very successful at educating people on life. And we have to be willing to say now, at this moment in history, we're not going to negotiate based on the, the framework that the culture and the media and the establishment tells us. And, you know, Jordan, you just mentioned uh, a significant success of the late Phyllis Schlafly, our friend, our boss, was starting in the 70s. And then especially in the Reagan era, she developed a platform plank in the Republican Party platform for pro-life. And she fought for it every time. She never let it go. And in the, in the history of the American political parties, two parties were pro-life in the 70s, the Democrat Party and the Republican Party. And by the 80s, one party was pro-life and the other party wasn't sure. And by the 90s and 2000s, one party was pro-life and the other party was pro-abortion. That's the facts. That's the, you, you can, and just last year, 10, 18 months ago, uh, I guess a little bit, 18 months ago, I think the last pro-life Democrat was run out of the U.S. House by his colleagues, the Democrats. So that's what, where we are. Um, I mean, we want anybody who's in office, whatever party, uh, to be pro-life but they got to live with it and they got to vote for it. And what we were talking about, and maybe you can talk more about the book that Phyllis wrote on how she went about building the Republican party pro-life plank and kept it in there. Yeah, absolutely. She wrote uh, an entire book called very appropriately, how the Republican <laughs> party became pro-life. Uh, and in that she went year by year. Well, that is to say every four years, of course, you know, the Republican Party, as well as the Democrat Party, they have a, a massive convention in one city and they uh, update their party platform. And some people read the platform, some people don't read the platform. But what it is supposed to be is the framework to say we have this united vision as a party. This is what the grassroots of our party want. And then from that, we assess whether someone is truly abiding by the vision of that party or whether they're just claiming the name, but then going off and doing their own thing. And Phyllis went to every Republican National Convention from 1952 uh, through 2016, just what, a month, a month and a half before her passing in 2016. And so she knew how those conventions worked and she knew the power of having strong language in the platform. And uh, prior to Phyllis Schlafly, there was no pro-life plank in the Republican Party platform. But she was the one, along with uh, a set of key allies, very bold pro-lifers, were able to change that and were able to actually say, as a party, we won't compromise. A life is a life and all life, all human life is worth protecting and valuing as a unique creation from our heavenly father. 
Uh, Jordan Henry is, is, is his voice. I'm Ed Martin, and it's Life Matters. We're rallying the pro-life movement to fulfill its calling in this key time in American history and the history of the world, really. Um, and so as we gather in this podcast, we're going to lift up the voices of people who are fighting for life. Sometimes it'll be legislators or elected officials, executives, whatever. Sometimes it'll be activists, groups. And we know what we don't know, which is a lot. And we want to find out from experts where we are and what we can do and how we can continue to build the community of people who care about life and can make the difference in this uh, key time. I think next podcast, by the way, we're going to talk specifically about Roe v. Wade and Doe v. Bolton, the two cases that were decided in 1973 that are at the center of the abortion uh, movement, the pro-abortion movement, the constitutional protection. There's also, of course, Casey uh, v. Pennsylvania. Uh, Kate, we'll talk about that next time. But for now, what we want to say is the lesson of that book that Phyllis Schlafly wrote and her life was regular people can do it. You don't have to wait for the Speaker of the House. In fact, if you wait for the Speaker of the House, he probably will let you down. You don't yeah, have to yeah. wait for the President. You don't have to wait for a Supreme Court Justice. You, we, you don't have to wait for anyone in terms of making a difference. And the key thing is understanding how to leverage your influence, how to make clear to elected officials, to policymakers, to the media, where you uh, where you stand and what it means, and to not fall victim to the many traps that they do. I mean, one thing that I think at this point in our history that is really important to know is how the the pro-abortion movement tries to trick us into um, uh, saying yes to things like, oh, let's have an exception for this. You know, it's murder, but have an exception for this. You have to understand what they're doing there. You know, oh, well, look, we're just going to give money to Planned Parenthood because they do other kinds of counseling. Well, money's fungible. If you're giving Planned Parenthood tens of millions of dollars, they're going to spend it on abortion, whether they spend it on the front end of the account or back. We have to understand these sort of uh, 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 games that are played uh, and what's happening because, frankly, our own side too often either falls victim or plays the game on their, on their behalf. So uh, that's what we're trying to do here, especially, and, and, uh, and do it in a way that, again, uh, helps us all fulfill our calling at this moment. I would say that really right now, so many of those things that you just said are things that we're bombarded with constantly. There's the very fallacious 3% figure that Planned Parenthood throws around. Oh, abortion is only 3% of what we do. Abortion is only 3% of what we do. And and there's so much context to put around that that clearly shows that abortion is what they care about more than anything else. And right. now, of course, they're, they're branching out and doing all of the um, uh, transgender hormones and everything like that. And they're trying to provide those uh, so-called services too, but abortion is the mainstay of their business, regardless of that 3% figure. And we could spend a, a lot of time just going into that and all of the falsehoods that surround that. But those are the kind of myths that we see whenever we get our information off of, you know, Facebook is the only place where you get your political information yeah. or, or yeah. something yeah. like that. Uh, so, you know, the only thing I think that's stopping uh, individuals stopping you listening to this podcast from getting involved and making a difference is you. You can get up right now and do something to protect life, to support mothers who are going through the most difficult situations they'll ever have to go through. And on this podcast, our goal is to dispel those myths and to give you the tools that you need to be able to empower yourself to take action.
we're not here to fix every problem in the pro-life movement or the Republican Party or America or anything like that. What we want to do is to help you to be the most effective that you can be, because it's not going to be us that solves every problem. It's going to be all of us that solve these problems that we have here in America. Yeah, and let me say a couple things uh, about um, who we are. Back to Jordan and I worked together at the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, and and um, what Phyllis Schlafly did was set up organizations in various ways that could help uh, impact what's happening. Uh, some of our work is nonprofit education. Some of it is more advocacy related. There is an organization she started ca uh, called the Republican National Committee for Life, RNC for Life. She started in the early 90s because there were pro-abortion Republicans funding an effort to take away the pro-life platform plank. And that organization is another one that we work with. And, you know, again, the, the network of organizations, we, meaning conservatives, and I think um, uh, the Republicans at our best, and then when people are uh, doing well to live up to their uh, principles, are not command and control. If you're on the left, to Democrats, you're told what to do. You know, Planned Parenthood is in charge of the abortion movement. NARAL may have some influence. On our side, there's lots of organizations and, and churches and communities and different things that are happening. We encourage all that because that's what we're not trying. We're trying to help us all fulfill our calling at this key moment. And, you know, I remember almost 20 years ago helping a pro-life pharmacy owner and a pharmacist who didn't want to dispense RU486, the chemical abortion drug. And he was targeted by then Governor Rod Blagojevich. Literally, pro-life pharmacists were targeted by a rule in the pharmacy board's rules that said you must dispense these drugs no matter what. And he said, wait, I have an objection. I believe in life. I don't want to do this. And he went to court and he fought over it. I was his lawyer and we fought about it and he won ultimately. My point here is that the cost of being pro-life, they're going to raise it. Don't be, don't be surprised. You know, in Indiana recently, the governor, Republican, supposedly conservative, he vetoed a transgender uh, protection for women's sports that stopped transgender athletes coming into women's sports. He, he vetoed it because he didn't want the blowback from the media and from the culture. They're going to come and try to dissuade us from being for life. And part of fulfilling our calling is the solidarity of knowing we're not alone that we're not, that there's others that have gone before us, Phyllis Schlafly and so many others, but there's also lots of people around us and either linking arms where we need to, or just being spiritually supportive of each other in that sense is a big part of what we're doing. Because this moment in our history now in America, it's going to be key. And let me tell you why. There will be a U.S. Supreme Court decision in the summer. It will say something about abortion. Now, God willing, it will be overturning Roe v. Wade. But if it's not, it's still going to say a lot about our nation. It's going to matter to us. But at the same time, the current federal administration is not just greenlighting, they're encouraging chemical abortion through the mail, where you can sign up online, telemedicine to a doctor in a far off place, and he'll send you the drugs to commit an abortion. That's happening. And our best allies in the pro-life movement, and I'm thinking of like the Thrive St. Louis folks, and and um, there's a, the great um, luncheon for pro-life down in Dallas. They're talking about this issue right up front because they see what's coming. We have to realize they're not going to see a, a Supreme Court decision as a loss. They're going to see it as an opportunity, the pro-abortion people, to try to make progress in other ways. And we have to be ready for that. I think that's one of the reasons this time, this 2022, is so key because of the, the chemical abortion that's coming, the Supreme Court decision that's coming, and 
the likelihood that there's new leadership in the U.S. Congress and whether they're really pro-life or not and really willing to fight or not is going to be another big test of where we are as a nation. We can't wait until we get to June before we start preparing That's for right. this, before we start getting informed, before we start making plans for this. We've got to start making plans right now. In fact, if you're even just waiting until now to start preparing for what the pro-life movement is going to do after the Dobbs decision comes down, after we have uh, elections in November, uh, then you're you're getting on the, the caboose of the train because they <laughs> leave in the station, you know? Trains. I don't know what trains are. I think Tesla. You're on the back of the Tesla. You're to towed on the right. uh, Tesla. Hang on uh, to the bumper. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, that's right. On your skateboard, <laughs> like uh, like Back to the Future. Hey, a couple things. PhyllisSchlafly.com is our website. And, and I want to offer folks two things. One is just take Jordan's first name, Jordan, my first name, Ed, and put on at PhyllisSchlafly.com and you can send us an email. If you want to follow up on this conversation, if you want more information, and Jordan, Ed, either one of us, at phyllisschlafly.com. If you go to phyllisschlafly.com, you can find out more about all the different things we're talking about. And, and I want to offer this. If you're listening to this and you said, hey, that book of Phyllis's sounds really important. I'd like to read that. We'll send you a copy of that book. So you can send me an email, send Jordan an email. We, we had a great donor, uh, I don't know, a year or two ago who gave us a bunch of money to pay for postage to send that book. It's about 120 pages. It's a paperback book, How the Republican Party Became Pro-Life. It, it matters for the Republican Party, but it's more important for you to read how a band of, of uh, activists, pro-lifers, did this fight and how they did it. It, it, it wasn't um, Harry Potter with a, a magic wand. It was hard work with a phone and with a, a, a flyers and with boots on the ground and knocking on doors. So send us an email and we'll get that to you. And, uh, and like I said, next podcast, I hope you'll come back. I hope you'll share this podcast with other people, send it on to them and say, listen to this. And as you, we get connected in our next podcast, we're going to talk about the history of Roe v. Wade and what's coming. And we're also going to start having some of the key guests on. So if you have ideas on guests, send us an email or get in touch that way. What else am I forgetting, Jordan? We'll have a link to all that down in the show notes of this podcast so you can see that directly. Get in touch with us. Uh, this is about you, like I said. So we need your input. What do you need to learn? Uh, what would you like to know? What myths do you think we need to dispel? Let us know, and we're going to talk about this on this podcast in future episodes. This was a lot of introduction, a lot of, hey, here we are, uh, but we're hopping into it. Very next episode, lots of really meaty information coming. What's the history of Roe and the, the judicial legacy of abortion in America? We're going to talk about all that in detail, and we hope that you'll be here for it. And remember, what we're doing, life matters. Life matters. Rallying the pro-life movement to fulfill its calling. Rallying ourselves. As uh, Jordan said, it's not about us, not me and him, not just even the three of us. If you're listening, it's about all of us uh, to figuring out how to make our differences and make this movement go forward. It's one of the great things about this moment is the grassroots will be listened to. They will be abided by if we get our stuff together and we get ourselves working in the right direction and fulfill our calling. That's all I've got. Jordan, anything else to final wrap up? I think that's it. Thanks so much for listening. Just remember, life matters. Life matters, everybody. Pass it on to other people. Ed or Jordan at phyllisschlafly.com. Send us an email. Life matters. We're going to rally the pro-life movement to fulfill its calling together. We'll talk again next time. Life Matters is a production of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles and Family Vision Media. To learn more, please visit phyllisschlafly.com and familyvisionmedia.org.